Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Seven Footers crew, what is going on? Gerard and Jenna here. I am remote from a Connecticut hotel, so don't call me out for any issues here, okay? Okay? <laughs> How we doing, Gerard? You have it together for usual. I'm, 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 I'm doing all right. This is like, this is classic. I'm like, oh, you know, you'd be busy, you know, recording the pods, but a challenge. I'm like, Jenna, where are you? Oh, yeah, I'm in Connecticut. Got a six, got a three-game homestand, so going to be here for a little while. You know, that's they call me a good uh, old-fashioned grinder out here. Just, you know, out, out here. Trying to do the most, always. I mean, always trying to do That's how you do, we know. But, Jenna, the NBA Finals are here. Let's get into it. Yes, let's get into it, guys. Like we said, it's been a challenge with our schedules to record, but it's the NBA Finals. We had to squeeze this one in because we got game three on the night that we're recording this on Wednesday, June 7th, and the series is tied 1-1. I mean, the Heat never let up. All I've been hearing all week is the reruns on ESPN about the Heat culture. We all know that's true. So, series shifts back to Miami tonight at the arena that I can't pronounce the name of since they had the damn scandal. So... Uh, you know, let's uh, chit chat about this. Now the Heat have the home court advantage. They stole that back, of course. Now mm-hmm. let's talk about who, which team is this more of a must win for? <sighs> you know, Jenna, it's interesting. It, the Nuggets had home court advantage. You mentioned it got stolen by the Miami Heat uh, when they won Game Two. Um, had the Nuggets gone up two zero. Um, a small number of outcomes for this finals is what I would have predicted being that a two game lead is a lot to, to overcome. Not that the heat couldn't cause they're very good. Just that when a team's up two Oh, it just creates, you know, more of an advantage for that team, particularly if they're the team with home court advantage, one of their first two games at home. Um, now that it is one, one and the heat uh, now go, we're back in Miami for game three, any number of scenarios are, is possible in, in this series. And I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I'm going to say for the Nuggets, it's more important, not necessarily that they win, but that they play solid basketball for 48 minutes. Um, Even though they won game one, uh, Michael Malone came out and said he was not pleased with the team's fourth quarter effort. It just didn't matter because they had a 21-point lead and the Heat couldn't catch up. Well, they had an eight-point lead going into the fourth quarter um, in game two, and we know what happened there. The, the, The Heat went gangbusters. Went up big. The Nuggets even made their way back. It was a one-possession game late, um, but they weren't able to, to knock down a final shot. The Nuggets need to, Jenna, be much more locked in uh, with their game plan defensively, what they're supposed to be doing, and just you know not making mistakes. This is the NBA Finals. So I would say it is important that the Nuggets uh, play well 48 minutes and are locked in. And I would say for the Heat, it's probably... If they win and they go up 2-1, that's better for them than having to chase from behind being down 2-1. Absolutely. And uh, what was – who was it that skipped media 
last game? Was uh, it last game? From, from the Nuggets uh, post game. So I believe Aaron Gordon skipped. I believe Michael Porter Jr. might have skipped as well. Um, you know, look, it, it, it's it's the finals. I mean, things happen. Uh, I, I mean, for the beat reporters who have to, like, write their game stories and whatever, I get it. Like, you want to talk to a particular guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something the league needs to uh, – you know, just pay attention to because this this matters, right? Like the, these mm-hmm. players, the players need to be available when they're available. And if it's some extenuating circumstances, fine. But if it's just like they're annoyed about a loss, well, it's just part of the game, my friend. Right, especially during the NBA Finals. I mean, but that's the least of our worries. However, I did uh, hear something today that Jokic was talking about um, the zone when the Heat are in the zone and. It's just he can't read it because Bam and Jimmy are so good at just switching and just reading the game itself. I mean, do you think that's going to be trouble for him? Is Bam giving him more run for his money than we thought? Well, what Bam is doing is, for all he's playing outstanding, his effort level is extremely high. Um, he was very efficient shooting the ball in game two, not as efficient in game one, but defensively, he's been very good. Look, you're not going to stop Nikola Jokic, right? Jokic has been excellent through the first two games. What you're trying to do with any great offensive player is just throw their rhythm off, right? Because what happens is when they get a steady diet of something, they just get comfortable and you want to make them uncomfortable. That's the goal. You're never mm-hmm. gonna, you're not going to stop Nikola Jokic. You're not going to stop Steph Curry. Like these great players, you're not going to stop them from doing anything. All you want to do is, Make them pause for half a second. Wait, what are they doing? Right, Morale, I always say that half a beat, that half a tick to close down some airspace, to shut off an option for them, just so they're not able to read what's going on constantly. And Miami's zone is very good in that it takes away threes and it uh, and it uh, it forces the Nuggets players right to knock down the shots that they get, which aren't many. Right, Jokic is going to score, um, and then we're going to force you know Michael Porter Jr. These guys, you're getting eight nine shots, and you better be efficient because if you don't make them. We're going the other way. We're running, et cetera. But again, all that being said, the Nuggets offense is still incredible, Jenna. And it comes down to their ability to play defense. If they guard, they'll be fine because they can score enough points. They just have to be locked in defensively. In the last two fourth quarters, they've given up, I don't know, 60-something odd points. I mean, they've just been they been terrible in the fourth quarter. Speaking of the Heat, Ah, just playing really well and being very cohesive and together. And again, heat culture hashtag. <laughs> um, another thing I did see today too that I had to mention to you because I thought it was very interesting and so heat culture, I guess. Um, I think it was Brian Windhorst that reported because he's been covering Miami, of course, following LeBron since forever. So he said, I don't know if you've ever heard this. You probably have because you're a basketball encyclopedia. <laughs> He said that the heat culture, that Pat Riley's heat culture is so, I don't like the word strict because it sounds mean, but like so by the book that both him and Eric Spolster weighed the same that they have, that um, Spolster weighed when he was in Portland and that Riley weighed when he was like, I don't know, a certain. Right, 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 right. I thought that was the craziest thing I've ever heard. Look. It's not. And surprising. they weigh the players. They weigh. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. The, the the Heat have a famous conditioning and body fat test. Yeah, you cannot pass those tests. You cannot play for the Miami Heat. Um, they pride themselves on being the most conditioned and physically tough team in the NBA. That is their calling card. That is their identity. That is who they are. That is hashtag Heat culture. It is also, as we talked about, Jenna, a culture of accountability. Um, 
everyone holds everyone else accountable. So a player like Jimmy Butler thrives in that culture because we've talked about him before. Jimmy loves confrontation and he loves to win and he's a in the grind, in the dirt, in the mud kind of guy, right? He doesn't view himself as an NBA superstar. He views himself as someone who was a 30th pick and had to grind for everything he's got. And so when your best player is working that hard, as Bam Adebayo is too, well, how can the 12th or 15th man not work that hard? They have to, right? Mm-hmm. That's And it's, it's the, the, the culture is set from the top by the leadership and it filters down. The culture is also, um, when we wrote this at True Hoop, shout out to David Thorpe, the culture is also a fuck you culture and not fuck you in the, uh, you know, you walk on the street and like you're in a fight with somebody or whatever and somebody, yeah, no, yeah. fuck you as in we don't care what anybody else is saying outside or what's going on or what we know what we believe inside our facility and what we're doing. We believe in that and we're going to stick to that and what's going on in here. Whatever else is going on out there, whatever y'all thinking, fuck you, fuck y'all. It don't matter. We're good. We know what we're doing in here. And you see that because it's embodied in players like Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin and Max Truce and Duncan Robinson and right all these different kinds of players. And it's wonderful. And of course, Eric Spolstra is huge for that because not only is he you know, one of the leaders of that culture, he's also a terrific X's and O's tactician coach. And, you know, he, he's, he's found some things. So it's, 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 it's a wonderful thing what they have going on down in Miami. You gotta love it. I feel like it's the cool sorority that I wouldn't probably last through the pledging. That's how I see the Miami <laughs> heat, but they're so cool that you just really want to try and do it. We'll see. Plus they're in Miami. Make it. Exactly. Like in the 305 C, like, you know, not everybody's cut out for that life, but I'll take the smoke. All right. So staying on the heat, but also talking about the Nuggets here, have they figured out Nikola Jokic or is it just still a different level that they're still unlocking in game, approaching game three? Yeah, it's like I said, you know, you're never going to stop a player like Jokic, but they had him pausing and thinking uh, in that game. But all that being said, Jenna, it was still a one possession game with 12 seconds to go. So it's this idea of even when the Heat are playing their best, like, Denver is still really good and can find a way to win. Now, what Denver needs to do is they need to figure out what part of the problem with the zone is, how Miami plays their zone is, they put on a little bit of full court pressure and then they settle back into their zone. And that comes off of when they make shots, right? So right after a make, you're pulling the ball out of the basket. So you have to, you know, you have to go out of bounds, check the ball in. It allows them to push up and, and, and pressure and then settle back into their zone, which is their preferred way of doing things. So this all goes back to Denver's what? Defense. If you play defense and you rebound the ball and you get out and run in transition, Miami don't have any time to do any kind of zone because it's like, crap, I got to find the man and match up, right? So the Nuggets need to make sure the pace is staying high and getting higher up on the pace. Um, for as far as Jokic goes, I mean, I think he, as his comments you mentioned about what Winhorn said about you know t- difficulty reading the, the zone because Jimmy and Bam are so good. But Jokic is super smart, a super fast processor. He's watching film. He's seeing what they're doing. If we're getting nerdy here, that was spamming a lot of empty sides on the on the pick and roll, right? And that's good, you know. But they'll see that again. Look, there's only so many things teams can do that you haven't seen before, right? The Nuggets have mm-hmm. more film to digest, more to watch. They can go back and say, oh, "Okay, I know what's supposed to happen here. When this happens, we're move, we're making this move. Make sure our spacing's right here. X, Y, and Z. I expect that, it, it, you know." When, when the Heat won game two, people were like, oh, my God, it was some great executing strategy. It wasn't so much as that. as They just played harder and better in game two. 
And right. guess, so guess what? Denver's got to play harder and better in game three, right? If they execute their plan the way they can and play harder and better in game three, they'll probably see a much different result than they saw in game two. Right. And I mean, you know, it's a tough sell right there. You don't want Michael Malone, you know, so annoying bashing you post uh, game presser. That was tough. It was really tough. I mean, look, I'm not, look, Tavius Caldwell Pope and Michael Porter Jr. did not play well in game two. I'm not sure I would have called my team out in the NBA finals like that in public twice uh, during the in-game interview and in the postgame. I might have opted for something different. But look, he knows his team. Perhaps that lit a fire under them. Perhaps they're, you know, uh, I talked to, uh, I heard from a Nuggets player and, you know, his point about game two was, we just didn't come out with the right energy. You know, we were just too loose all day before the game. I'm like, it's the NBA Finals. What do you mean too loose? Right. Like, there's no more. casual vibe? There's no more basketball after this. Like, that's it. Like, this is, yeah. This is it. You lose now. You ain't winning no championship. Like, and this idea, again, I say this all the time, Jenna, and you know it. There's no guarantee you coming back to this stage in the rest of your career. You don't know. This may be the last time you ever played an NBA Finals. Listen, man, you better seize and recognize this moment. That's it. Because look how fast it can switch. I mean, Jimmy Butler, like, didn't even play, like, 20 games in the regular season. And the Miami Heat were arguably, like, not good. Arguably. Not me. Mm-hmm. But... And then they come in the postseason and, you know, they show up when it matters. But let's talk about adjustments on both sides. Mm-hmm. What adjustments need to be made that could be crucial to a win in game three? I, I think, again, defensively, the Nuggets need to stick to their game plan. Uh, in the fourth quarter of game two, Jenna, the Miami Heat ran their wide pin down, I want to say two times in a row. And the read on the pin down for Duncan Robinson is, is that if he curls, like he's heading towards – the basket, you switch. If he lifts, right, when he hangs back on the three-point line, you don't switch because the Chelly man's got him. Well, Bruce Brown and Christian Brown, two plays in a row, inexplicably, I'm like, guys, what are you doing here? And again, in the playoffs and in the finals especially, where possessions are so critical, right? You play those two possessions better. Miami doesn't get shots. What did I say the game was? 12 seconds left. It was a one-possession game. Maybe the game is tied at that point. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you're up. It's possessions are so critical. And you can, especially, look, you're not going to stop. You're not going to pitch shutouts in the NBA, right? That's not how basketball works. But you cannot have gaffes and errors that lead. It's your fault. Like, the easy shots are because you are not following and you're not disciplined, right? It's on you to be disciplined and locked in. And look, it's tough at the time of the year. Guys are exhausted, played a ton of minutes, mm-hmm. but, this, but this is for the championship, man. As I said, you may never, ever play on this stage ever again in your NBA career. Nothing's promised. There's this idea like, look, LeBron James and Steph Curry and all these people got you fooled thinking you're going to make the finals every year. No, yep. they make the finals a lot. You ain't making the finals a lot. So when you have your chance, you better seize the moment. Exactly. And speaking of Steph, the Warriors are a prime example of making the finals one year and then not completely mm-hmm. being, you know, just bounced out early in the second uh, season after. So, all right. Adjustments on the Heat side? Did we, we didn't uh, on, on the Heat side, honestly, they just need to keep doing what they're doing. I think they, they have an identity. They know what they want to do defensively. They're going to keep throwing that zone out, but not all the time. They're going to throw wrinkles in every now and then. They're going to force mm-hmm. other people to beat them. Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr., by the way, has not shot the ball well through two games. 
But, you know, three-pointers have a high variance. He can get on a scorcher and be lights out from three. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to force those guys to make plays to beat them. Jamal Murray's got to be a little bit more activated, I think. And so the Heat, watch that. I think they're going to keep Jimmy Butler on him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the Miami Heat just need to continue to do what they do, play their style. They're going to shoot a ton of threes. And if they make a lot, they're going to be they're going to be tough to beat. But, look, the three-point variance is a strange thing, man. Miami shot better this postseason than they have all regular season. I don't expect them to have, you know, a whole series of shooting 50% from three or four, high 40s. They have another off night from three like they did in game one. You got to seize that opportunity if you're Denver. Mm-hmm. Imagine your guy, MPJ, with a ring. Oh, listen. He, Who he, would have thought we would be here, potentially? Well, he's, 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 he's got a lot of talent. He just, you know, there were a couple of defensive plays that, that he missed there. He needs to be a little better on that. And then he's got to start knocking down some shots. And I, I believe mm-hmm. he will. And also, too, props to Jamal Murray. I mean, to have to tear your ACL that way and then make this type of run. He's averaging, like, what, 25, 27 points? 28 points a game. He's been great. Jamal Murray's been excellent. Um, He has proven that he is one of the NBA's best uh, shot makers when he's when he's got it going. And, look, they're going to need him to play at that level. Like, he's got to do that. The other part of your Denver and your Michael Malone, look, it's clear that he's decided that he's going with those eight guys. Why did you trade for Reggie Jackson and Thomas Bryant if you're not going to play them? Right. I mean, he didn't trade for them like Calvin Booth did, but it's like, mm-hmm. bro, like I just listen. You you have some options you can get to on the bench that I think because the big key to Jenna is that there's a stat that floated out there. Miami Heat's like plus minus throughout the playoffs. First three quarters has been generally minus, but in the fourth quarter it's like plus ninety or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like Spolster finds ways to get Jimmy and Bam rest so they're able to play and make those big plays late in the fourth quarter. At this stage of the of the season with the NBA Finals, it comes down to one, two possession games. Who has enough energy and who's fresh enough to make the right plays? Mentally fatigued players, Jenna, make physical errors, right? And that's just that's how it works. Oh, crap. I was supposed to switch there. I didn't. Like all these little things. And so, look, Malone's been leaning heavy on his guys in terms of their minutes. And I know usually it's like, oh, my God, when Jokic goes to the bench, it's disaster. But they played well with him off the floor. Yeah. He just, he, you know, Malone has got to trust that his guys can run their stuff and do what they have to do. Make sure he's getting rest in the right moments for his, for his two big guys so that come the fourth quarter, they're ready to roll. Yeah. And it's a matter of two. Like, it's pretty unacceptable in the NBA Finals to have Jokic drop in 40 and then you still lose a game. So... Got to be better. Just, they just the, the Nuggets needed to play better. I mean, remember that game, yeah. game two, the Heat jumped out to a double digit lead. Now the Nuggets fought back and they went up double digits, but then mm-hmm. you gave it, and then you gave it up again. Yeah, that's look. Teams go on runs. We know that, but that was not a championship type effort. The Nuggets played that game like it was just some regular, you know, Wednesday game against the Heat. No, my guy, game two of the NBA Finals. Hopefully tonight in game three. The alarm bells will go off in their head, and they're like, oh, no, no, this is serious. We go down 2-1. We are two losses away from going from that's it. No NBA championship. Especially so, against the Heat. You don't want Especially a team time. like the Heat who will do well as front runners and who you know you have to beat them. They're generally not going to beat themselves or quit or any of those kinds. First of all, no, no players quit, but you know what I mean. They're not going to do any of that kind of stuff. So if you think you are the better team, and I believe the Nuggets are, you have to match their intensity and effort. And the Nuggets did not do that uh, in game two. 
100%. Let's switch gears and talk about the heat because I don't know. Maybe Jimmy Butler's ankle is still bothering him. He's been a little slow to start the finals. So role players. I hate that word yet. But it's what it is. Um, who needs to knock down shots tonight? Really? I mean, the, the heat players need to, uh, the heat uh, role players need to do what they've been doing all postseason, which is star in their role. Look, sometimes you're going to make shots. Sometimes you're going to miss shots. The problem is if you are not making shots, you have to find other ways to impact the game and help your team win. That is the name of the game. And that is what great players do. My shot's not falling. Okay, I'm going to guard the hell out of my man. I'm going to rebound like an MFR. I'm going oh, I'm going to dive on the floor for loose balls. Whatever it is so we get extra possessions. They we, we love the saying, make or miss league. Okay, well when you're missing and you're not scoring, okay, how can I impact the game and help my team win? If you can't, then you're a liability on the floor. Then mm-hmm. what are you doing? You're not making shots and you're not defending, you're not rebounding it. Well then uh, you're nothing. You just we're playing four on five, right? So, I think you don't have to worry about that with the Miami Heat, right? Players miss shots, whatever. They're going to give the right effort and do what they have to do. I think if you're if you're Denver, the same has to apply to you. Michael Porter Jr. KCP had bad games in game two. Michael Porter Jr. six ten rebounds like a mofo, like you've been doing all playoffs. Get, get use that length to get block shots and rim protect. KCP play aggressive defense without fouling. Um, you know, again, there are ways you can impact the game if your shot is not falling. And then eventually your shots will fall, right? Mm-hmm. Shoot both confidence. They will go down. Everyone knows you don't miss every shot, right? Shots will start falling again, but you got to stay engaged in the game. And I think that's that's a big thing for, for the Miami. Again, the Miami Heat don't have to worry about that. Their guys are going to stay engaged no matter what. That's how they're coached. Um, so I expect them to, whether Gabe's making shots or not, he's going to be a, a pesty defender. Same with Kyle Lowry. Um, Caleb Martin, depending if they start Kevin Love or not, but when he comes off the bench, he'll be ready to do whatever he has to do in his minutes. The Heat players know how to impact the game of basketball and win. And ultimately, that's what it's about. It doesn't matter how it looks. Once we get that W. Right. And I'd love to know also what Kevin Love is telling these guys in the locker room, because if you think about it, obviously, what? He's probably the only one that has experience. Well, I mean, he's got experience. At this level. Jimmy level. Jim, Jimmy Butler has played in the finals before. He's got experience. But, yeah. Uh, Kyle Lowry. But Jenna, honestly, experience matters until it doesn't, right? Um, you know, I tell this story all the time, but there was the year the Rockets were the best team in the NBA regular season-wise, and they pushed the Warriors to seven games in the conference finals and should have won if Chris Ball didn't hurt his hamstring. And I remember talk, talking to Shaq right before the playoffs in April. And I was like, he was listing contenders who we thought was contenders. And I was like, you didn't mention Houston. He goes, they don't have championship DNA. And I was like, but Shaq, nobody has championship DNA until they win a championship. He was like, good point. Right? Like, it, that is, and he, of course, he didn't Shaq always, good point. Like, no, so, for real. So it's, it's experience and all that. Yes, that matters. But they're just mistakes, right? Like, Rookies make mistakes, young players make mistakes, veterans, everyone makes mistakes. The goal, the hope is that the more time you've played, the more the smarter you've gotten around the game, the more knowledge you have, the less mistakes you make. But just mm-hmm. because you have finals experience doesn't mean you're you're not going to make mistakes. Hello, Contavious Caldwell Pope. He's cast finals experience. He won a championship with the Lakers in the bubble. He was horrendous and made all sorts of mistakes in game two. So mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't matter who has experience per se. 
It's who understands what the job is in the moment, who is on their game both mentally and physically. And Jenna, again, at this time of the year, it is hard. These guys have been playing ball since training camp and since the regular season started in October. They are exhausted. Mm -hmm. Okay. They are mentally and physically beat down. So it's who can summon up enough to help their team get over the finish line. It's going to be a scrappy one uh, for sure. That is a prediction. Um, but on on the real predictions, let's hear it. What do we got? Game three and series. So game three, I do think Denver comes out better. I think they win tonight and they go up to one. Um, you know, I, I think this series is going long six or seven. I, I do think Jenna, look, the nuggets are the better team top to bottom. Um, but the heat have heat culture. They have Spo. Um, they have Jimmy Butler. They have Bam Adebayo. They have Kyle. They have just a bunch of guys that like know how to make winning plays. And so I could see this stretching to seven. And we know the Heat can win Game Seven on the road. We've seen them do that this playoffs. Right? It's after, almost like they like it. It's like, can you at, all stop torturing us? After having a three-zero lead against the Boston Celtics, the Celtics ripped off three straight, and the and the quote-unquote momentum was all on their side. But Miami went into Boston on the road in Game 7 and put the beat down on the Celtics. And it's hard to play at TD Garden. It's hard to play anywhere on the road in Game 7, right? It's it's just difficult. So he ain't going to be phased by no moments. Look, you have to beat them if you want to win, right? Because they're not going to beat themselves. So I say 6 or 7, but I'm going to say still Denver finds a way because Nikola Jokic is phenomenal and he will find a way to get his team over the hump okay i am going with the heat in game three i think they're back in miami they're gonna ride off that that last win and then i'm gonna say the heat in seven because i just wow you like it you're liking jimmy butler and crew you just love to see it also (laughs) what's the status with our guy tyler hero what's Uh, the vibe i've not heard about game three yet i'm sure he's gonna test it um i have not got any pings or alerts so i don't know if he's going to play game three doesn't seem like it yet maybe he's on the floor warming up right now checking Mm -hmm. it out but so far nothing um speaking of pings and alerts oh you got something what happened um uh, Chris Paul. Wait. Oh, Chris Paul. Yes, but um, I, yes, true. It, it did wait, but um, I just got another uh alert from Shams, which is that they're exploring multiple options, which include a trade, stretching his contract, waiving and re-signing him in free agents. But basically, what the Suns are trying to do, okay. as we all know, the the, the CBA was agreed to. And as part of the CBA, there's a new there's a new apron, a second apron for luxury tax. And what I think new owner Matt Ishbia and GM James Jones is trying to do is trying to get the team under that second apron so they don't have to get nailed with that second set of luxury tax. That's all they're trying. They're trying to save some money. So, yeah. Look, they, they very well trade wave that that may all be possible, but this is all a financial situation to save themselves some cash. Well, I mean, that's what happens when you pick up KD. Um, you know, it's it's part of the deal (laughs) and that's it but it is the nba finals so game three will be behind us when we uh see you guys next yeah i mean with us we are winding down here yeah by the time we come back next week it'll be i mean it could be closeout time for one of these teams so stay tuned apple podcast spotify youtube stitcher soundcloud all that at some pod on twitter at some podcast no, at some pod on Instagram, at some podcast on Twitter, at JS Hector, at Gentleman Selly. And until next time, everybody, peace.